Raymond, right now the buzz around NFL media and NFL analysts is that the 49ers are one of the prohibitive favorites to take the NFC. Now, that means, Raymond, obviously, the Goldcast is one of the prohibitive favorites to take the podcasting world. Now, let me ask you a question, Raymond. Of all of our rival podcasts, of which we've mentioned many on this show, who are the two biggest threats that you see trying to take a run at us that we have to go through to get to the Lombardi? Oh, man. That's a short list. I think the Dances with Wolves cast is one of them. I think the Houdat cast is another one. Um, Wait, who, Dances with Wolves? Who do the Dances with Wolves cast cover? Remind me. <laughs> Pretty sure there's the Chiefs. <laughs> I think so. It's either that or they just or they. It's either that or they just covered the Dances with Wolves film because they're really big. I know they're. I know they're big fans of the film. You've never listened to actually check and to see no. what they're talking about. Well, they, they all. They. I know they have. They have sister cast called the Two Socks cast, and then there's the Ten Bears cast. Two Socks was the wolf in Dances with Wolves. <laughs> okay, all right, all right. So here, here's the here's here are the two that I think are 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 the two casts we've got to look out for. We're the only sports franchise that needs our fans to help us win games. Cast. They do Seattle Seahawks, obviously. And then, of course, the new upshot big tough guys on the on 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 uh, on the block right now is the Ahoy Mateys cast, <laughs> which clearly they cover the Bucks. I think those are the two guys, the two casts we need to watch out for. Friends of the show before, no longer friends of the show now. <laughs> yes. <laughs> now, Raymond, before we get started, why don't you let all of our friends of our show know where they can find us? You can always follow us on Instagram at the Goldcast. You can also follow us on Twitter at the underscore Goldcast. And be sure to subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, anywhere that podcasts are syndicated, YouTube as well. And be sure to look for the name, The Goldcast. If you're on the YouTube, be sure to leave a like and a comment because that tells the YouTube algorithm what to do with our video, which is the best thing that you can do to help support the channel. And make sure to hit the little notification bell. That way you get notified live when we go on the line, baby. We're not on the side of it. We're not underneath it. We're not even next to it. We're on it. We're on the line. We're not just in the web. We're on the web. (laughs) That's right. Now, we have another big show for you today. This is a reaction show basically to all the buzz going around the league right now. Obviously, with uh, there's a lot of there have been a lot of discussion about the 49ers winning free agency, a lot of discussion about them being the prohibitive favorites. And of course, there's also questions as to how we are going to address the backup quarterback. As it looks like, you know, Jimmy G is going to be our quarterback, and we here at the Goldcast are perfectly okay with that. He's a very, very solid quarterback capable of executing Kyle Shanahan's game plan at the highest level so far. So we are going to be reacting to all that and giving our opinions. I have, I have many caveats to my answers, but first the greatest podcast intro in the game is about to drop your professor of fanalism. He's in the building, the greatest fanalist in the game. He's here too. classes in session. Let's go. San Francisco. Are you ready? This is the Gold Cast. Boom! 
Welcome to another edition of the Gold Cast. We are the Voice of the Bay. I'm your host, Rudy Cisa III, and with me is my brother, my co-host. Raymond Salisa I, baby. Boom. All right, Raymond, huge show today. Lots to talk about. Even though free agency is still technically going on, for the most part, it's pretty much a wrap for our 49ers. And, well... We were singing the praises of the 49ers last week and this week. This is the week now that the rest of the NFL media and analysts have now started to come out and really give their two cents on what they have thought about uh, the 49ers and about all of our NFL teams. So, But unequivocally, there have been some pretty high praises of the 49ers. Now, we're going to start with uh, NFL Media's Jim Trotter wrote a big, huge article uh, about the entire draft. And here's a couple things that he said. He said, my free agency winners are the Bucks and the 49ers for choosing to largely trust in what they have rather than go on external shopping sprees. San Francisco reached the Super Bowl two years ago then was decimated by injury last season, losing its most important players on each side of the ball for much of the year. Quarterback Jimmy G played in just six games, and edge rusher Nick Bosa appeared in only two before injuries sidelined them. Not surprisingly, the 49ers fell from 13 wins to six. With both returning, as well as a number of others who missed time, the 49ers are in a prime position to make another run, which highlights the significance of re-signing free agents like offensive tackle Trent Williams, Cornerbacks Jason Brett, Emmanuel Mosey, and Kawan Williams, fullback Kyle Juszczyk, and safety Jaquiski Tart. Plus, the restricting of some contracts allowed them to be strategic on the external market uh, in signing center Alex Mack, who previously played under Kyle Shanahan in Cleveland and Atlanta, as well as edge rusher Samson Abukam. So, Raymond, here's the question, the first question that I want to ask you. Did the Niners win free agency. Yes, I think it goes a, a level above. I know he kind of he kind of worded it. I mean, even though he gave more details towards the Niners, which makes me feel like, you know, he he was leaning towards the Niners as far as winning free agency goes. He also threw the Bucks in that conversation. I would put the Bucks maybe at number 3. I would say Patriots were probably behind San Francisco in terms of what they did in free agency. That that looks promising, even though spending the way the Patriots did doesn't always work out. There's many examples to the fact that it actually doesn't. Whereas the Niners, they didn't go out and sign a bunch of new guys. We actually retained a bunch of core players and added some players in key roles and to fill some voids. You know, the big void the biggest void of all being the center position, which is the the quarterback of the offensive line. So getting a six-time Pro Bowler and the fact that this is going to be the third stint for Alex Mack and Kyle Shanahan on, on Kyle Shanahan's team is huge because he knows the system. They obviously were originally betting on Weston Richburg, who signed a five-year deal with us back when we first acquired him. But that's not worked out because he's had back-to-back devastating injuries, the second of which is most likely going to force him to retire, which is unfortunate, so I wish him the best, but we have to move on, and we replaced him with an even better player. So a little bit older, uh, uh, true, but uh, much more accomplished in his position. So it's it's an upgrade all around in my book, and uh, a healthier player at that. So I think it's a huge leg up, and I think they 
they they destroyed it. In terms of keeping your core players together, the same core players that helped you get to the Super Bowl in 2019, but unfortunately were too injured to help assist in a second run, um, they're all back now. And there's no way in hell that that same anomalous, you know, injury bug plagues the team again for a second year in a row. The odds just do not work out that well in the NFL in this case. It's always the opposite, right? We see one year that looks skews in one direction extremely, and then the very next year it skews in the opposite direction. The Niners are in a position where it's going to skew in the opposite direction. So here's my answer to the question. Did the Niners win free agency? Well, there it's it's a little bit of a, a twofold answer for me. And we I'd say we won free agency when it comes to the offense. I think we probably have the best offensive line in the league. And we've seen time and time again that the more time a quarterback has, that's probably the number one key that you need is having, giving your quarterback time, time to deliver at the level that he's capable of. Jimmy G is a great quarterback. And if you give him time behind what might be the best offensive line in the league, be careful because he is going to be capable of delivering at a very high clip um, as far as as far as winning is concerned. Okay, so did we win at that side? Yes. Now the defense is still going to be a wait and see for me. And I'll explain why. We have a brand new head coach. Okay, we lost Kerry Hyder. That was a big cog that I was really hoping we were going to be able to pair with the return of Nick Bosa and hopefully a healthy D Ford. And we have yet to address the secondary. We still have questions at secondary. We have always had questions at secondary this entire Shanahan Lynch run, right? So I'm going to say that the 49ers won free agency as far as offense is concerned. The defense is a little bit more wait and see. I still think this is a monster free agency. I Do I think we are arguably one of the best teams in the league? Absolutely. I mean, I, I, I believe the 49ers are going to go right back and compete for a Super Bowl immediately come this September. But uh, I have some questions at the defense. I, it's like the defense, I'm like, I'll let you know by week six if I think we won free agency on the defense. Uh, it's a little bit of a wait and see for me. That's where I'm at on that one. Yeah, and I think part of it is because Kerry Hyder, you know, hasn't put up sack numbers like that since his rookie season. So he's largely been inconsistent for most of his career. I think the fact is he thrived in our system because it's very defensive line friendly. He was also with a familiar coach and Chris Kosarek, who always does very well with defensive line players, turning mediocre average players, you know, into above average players and turning star players into, you know, superstar players like a Nick Bosa, for example. Um, so I think that the fact is that Kerry Hyder played f- beyond expectations, and that kind of raised his price to a level that the fi- 49ers weren't willing to go. Because remember, he was playing edge in a in a role where edge is normally solidified by two more high quality starters that just weren't there. So I think the the fact was they envision they've always envisioned him as a backup. I think Matt Mayoka even said the same thing. So I think the fact that he played to a more starting caliber player uh, was not what the 49ers were expecting, which was a nice, pleasant surprise, albeit in a losing effort, but something that just didn't necessarily work bode well in terms of bringing him back because the 49ers weren't necessarily, didn't necessarily have that price in mind for him. And, but that's okay. Samsung, Samsung is really the edge. They want to get younger at edge and get a player in there that they can help 
potentially groom into that type of role to complement Nick Bosa because we know D Ford's not going to be reliable even though he's young. He's just got injuries that are just not working out in his favor at all. You know, he's dealing with back injuries and it's just not, you know, it just doesn't look like it's going to it's just going to turn out to be one of those unfortunate free agent acquisitions that just did not work out. Defense has not panned out too well in free agency with the exception of Richard Sherman, but even in that case we got, you know, two quality years out of him and then you know some below par his first season with us was below average and his last season with us he barely played so you know we didn't really get a whole lot out of him either I think the big uh the same can be said for um uh what's his name Quan Alexander who was great for her first few games, then got suspended another game, then missed half the season, but was able to come back in the playoffs, but was never quite himself after he tore his pec. And, you know, we let him go after that. So D Ford, Quan Alexander, uh, Richard Sherman, quality guys, you know, when they're healthy, but unfortunately they just weren't healthy enough for the Niners. So it's something they're going to have to address going forward. I just don't know if they're going to be able to do it. I But I think they're going to go to the draft again and see if they can try to draft and hit, you know, lightning in a bottle the way they did with Nick Bosa, but that's really hard to do. You know, granted, Nick Bosa was a more obvious, you know, his his level of polish was very obvious coming out of college, and that translated to the pros very smoothly, and it's hard for that to be duplicated. Javon Kinlaw's a project, so, but hopefully with Bosa back in the lineup, he'll be able to shine a bit more than he did in his rookie campaign. So, but but I, I'm expecting big things out of Samson and Kinlaw going forward. And we have DJ Jones back in the fold. That was a big one. And Kawan Williams is back too. And when he's healthy, he's one of the best nickel corners in all of football. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I got nothing. I got nothing. I got nothing. Yeah, I agree. I, 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 I hear what you're saying. I Moving, you're saying. On. <laughs> Moving on. Moving <laughs> on. Uh, Kyle Madsen of the Niners Wire wrote an article today talking about the one glaring move that the 49ers uh, missed right now during free agency. And that, of course, he was talking about was the addressing of the our backup quarterback. Right now we have two quarterbacks on the books right now. It's Josh Rosen and Josh Johnson. Those are only two quarterbacks. And the two options, he said, was possibly uh, trading for Garden Minshew from the Jaguars or or getting our quarterback in the draft. Now, my question to you is, what do you think is the most likely outcome here? What do you think the 49ers are going to do? I'll tell you what I think, but I want to hear what you think they're going to do first. Well, I mean, we for those of us that are paying attention, we know that C.J. Beathard was left for free agency and he ended up at, with the Jags. Nick Mullins is still floating out there. The Niners could theoretically re-sign him, although I would not rather not see him back in a Niners uniform. You know, backup, the, the, the margin for error for backups is smaller for starters. And Nick Mullins, in my opinion, burned his bridge last year with the Niners. Um, but that being said, Josh Rosen and Josh Johnson are, you know, I feel like, you know, C.J. Beathard and Nick Mullins 2.0 um, going by those tra- by their track record. So you're not much you're not doing much better with those guys. But again, Kyle Shanahan gets the most out of quarterbacks, you know, d- uh, despite some of them having been mostly subpar for uh, most of their careers. Uh, so I think 
I like that we dodged the bullet in Joe Flacco. If we got a Gardner Minshew, that would be perfect in my book. The question is, what do the Jags want for him? He's been a quality starter for two years, does not have a winning record, but would come relatively cheap because he's still on a rookie contract. He's nine hundred grand this year. He'll be like eight hundred fifty next year, or I think it's vice versa. I can't remember exactly. But this guy has thrown more than double the amount of touchdowns than he has picks. So he's accurate. He puts the ball in the right place and would be a bona fide quality backup for Jimmy Garoppolo. Jimmy's obviously much better, but uh, I think Gardner would be a step up from all four of the quarterbacks that we've just gone through. And uh, But again, the question is, what do the Jags want for him? I think considering he's got a losing record and hasn't really done much for the Jags, I don't think that the Jags are in a position to ask for a lot if the Niners were to go for him. I think it'd be like a mid-round pick at this point, you know, something like a third or a fourth. The question is, do they want to do that and will the Jags go for it? Because we know that they're probably going to draft a quarterback with their pick being what I think they finished one in 15. So they're going to pick a quarterback and C.J. Beathard's going to be one of the backups there. So that Gardner Minshew is definitely the odd man out. The question is, does he land in the Niners and for how much? Free agency is not over, so he could still land up, even though this article suggests that we missed out. It's not technically, he's, he's technically wrong because free agency, he could still be acquired in the next week or so. I think obviously the C.J. Beathard pickup means that they are most likely moving away from Garden Minshew. I'm going to go a different direction. I actually think that because now with the, unfortunately, with all the allegations surrounding Deshaun Watson, we, we do believe that door is closed, uh, at least for this season, probably for sure. You know, I don't even think he's playing football this year. I think you can pretty much, that's a wrap. But, so here's what I think. I think what they do now is they go with their plan B approach, which is they go and try and draft the quarterback of the future. Who is the guy that's going to lead this team into the next era for Shanahan and Lynch once uh, Jimmy G's time comes to a close? Now, is that going to happen this year? Who knows? Is that going to happen after this year? If Jimmy G get, gets injured again, yes, for sure. It's a wrap, you know. But um, if Jimmy G stays healthy and leads him back to another Super Bowl, there's probably a good chance we stay with Jimmy G for, for the foreseeable future. But as of right now, I think really what they're looking for is they are looking for a long-term solution at quarterback. They're willing to accept Jimmy G as a long-term solution so long as he can continue to stay healthy and continue to improve. Then I think they have no problem. I don't think anybody in 49ers in 49ers world has a problem with a healthy evolving Jimmy G. That's a very dangerous proposition and one that he's very capable of doing, but you got to put in the reps. And we've said that a million times. I don't want to repeat that for the billionth time on this podcast. I think really though, really where the 49ers go is in the draft. They now look towards grabbing, hope maybe they get one of the top five quarterbacks. They're sitting at 12. I'm not sure if five quarterbacks are going to go in the first 12 spots. Mm, that's a stretch. It doesn't happen very often. So I think there's a, there is a possibility that at the 12th spot, the Niners do have a top five quarterback available to them. Now the question is, is it one that they think fits their style and is it one that they're going to actually pick up? That's the question, but that's where I, I think they're going to go. So let's move on. Last one, Raymond, and this is the big one. So Mike Silver, NFL Media, 
comes out and is just singing the praises of the 49ers. Uh, one of the one of the big things that he said here, he said, I think the 49ers are the favorite, not only in the NFC West, but in the NFC. And in the NFC West, I don't think it's close. The 49ers, to me, are very much like the team that came very, very close to winning the Super Bowl. And I do write off last year to the insane wave of injuries they experienced. I know they might lose some guys. You get Nick Bosa back. If Jimmy Garoppolo ends up being the quarterback and can stay healthy, you see them trying to fortify what they have. So here's the question, brother. Are the 49ers the prohibitive favorite in the NFL? Your thoughts. I think yes, because this is a team that would have been in the mix in this past year's Super Bowl. The Bucks would not have got would not have gotten past the 49ers. It, I think it would have been a good fight, especially in the trenches, considering they have a good pass rush. We have a good pass rush. We have a quality quarterback. They have a championship quarterback. I think there's lots of lots of um, there's lots of parallels between both teams, but. Kyle Shanahan versus Bruce Arians, no contest, no contest. Um, he's a good coach for sure. And obviously he's gotten a chip before Kyle has gotten a chip. So, uh, you know, uh, credit to him for sure. I don't want to take anything away from that, but I still think that Kyle Shanahan is the better coach of the two. Um, that said, I'm not sure if the NFC West is not even close. I mean, I still think Seattle's always going to be pesky, even though they can't ever get to an NFC championship to save their lives. I still think they're going to be pesky in the race as they always are. I think the teams that are going to be less relevant this year are obviously going to be the Rams, who have retooled at uh, some big positions that will not I'm not sure if we're going to see the benefits of that right out the gate. I think there's going to be some growing pains. I could be wrong. And then the Cardinals, I think, who are just going to be more or less the Cardinals. Um, so, you know, kind of a, a 500 team that looks like they could be amazing one week and then completely flounders the next week. Um, kind of like the Warriors, you know, they, they win a couple and look great. And then they lose. <laughs> two up, two down, two, two up, two down, down two, two up, two down. down. Yeah, they're, they're, that's how the Cardinals are. So that's where I think we're at. So I, I, I think Seattle's going to be pesky. But the Niners do take the West. And as far as the rest of the NFC is concerned, we have Green Bay's number. The Saints no longer have Drew Brees. And the Bucks are beatable. The Bucks are beatable. They just never came across a team capable of doing it. How many times have we seen Green Bay and New Orleans both choke away uh, their postseason runs? This is quite common. The Niners have done it to both these teams several times. So I'm going to say... I'm going to agree, but say I'm going to say yes with a twist, kind of like the first the first time, the first question. Yes with a twist. The Niners are the prohibitive favorite if they cannot be one of the top three most injured teams in the league as they have been uh, five of the last six years. <laughs> so, so yours is yes with a contingency. <laughs> yes, that's my <laughs> contingency. That, I mean, this is the elephant in the room. The 49ers have been one of the most injured teams top three, five of the last six years. It's insane. We've only had one healthy season. Kyle Shannon's only had one season with a healthy team. I don't know what we got to do. We've hired, we fired our strength and conditioning coaches twice, twice in a row. I don't actually, I haven't actually looked into seeing if we fired anybody from the strength and conditioning program this year. I haven't heard anything or read anything. So, well, I remember they fired one. Did they fire two? Well, they fired the one before that guy. 
They fired they fired the guy that was on staff when the Niners came. Right. And then they fired that guy. At, they fired they fired the new guy a year later and brought in this crew at the beginning of 2019. Oh. Yeah. Yeah, they fired two different crews uh under under the Kyle Shanahan regi- regime. So I believe the 49ers are capable of being the prohibitive favorite. I think if everyone that we've seen on this roster stays healthy, they will be the prohibitive favorite. But that's the key word. They have to stay healthy. And if they can't stay healthy, then no, we'll be right back sitting here talking about the first pick in the draft again, wanting to pull our hair out. You know, Trent Williams was said that, um, I was reading an article about him and Trent Williams was saying that, you know, they watched, they all watched the, the playoffs last year and they, they all felt like that they could have completely competed uh, with this team, with this con- with the NFC West uh, the NFC, the NFC in general and, or for the Lombardi. And I totally agree. When I watched this year's playoff runs by the NFC, I thought the NFC was wide open. I thought it did not, it did not look very convinced. I was not convinced by any of the, uh, the big guys. And as we saw a wild card team on the road, Managed to knock off everybody and then take the whole thing. So there you go. Uh, but the, the Niners can be the prohibitive favorite, but they have to stay healthy. If we continue on this path of the now the sixth out of the last seven years being top three most injured teams, man, we're going to be right back where we were before. And that's really the toughest part. And the other thing, too, that comes to mind is if, that ha- if this happens again, which I believe it will not, then... Kyle Shanahan's got to change something in the practice. Something's not something he's you can't keep firing strength and conditioning staffs and think that you're not culpable for some of this for in, in some way. Because something, you know, I we remember we heard cacklings that, you know, his practices were a little bit more intensive than other NFL teams. Uh, that can be can be a contributing factor to some of these injuries that we're seeing in this regime. And if it happens again, I think that's a conversation worth revisiting. It is, and I agree. But here we go. What say you, Gold Cast Nation? Did the 49ers win free agency? Where do you think our backup quarterback is coming from? And last, are the 49ers the prohibitive favorites in the NFC? Let us know. Sound off in the comments. Go to youtube.com slash the gold cast and let us know. And don't forget to like, comment, and subscribe. All right. And we'll be back next week with more Bay Area sports. 49ers, Warriors, Giants are so close to coming back, Ray. I can't wait. And so concludes another edition of the Goldcast. Oh, wait, one more thing. 300th episode this Monday. Special guests, surprise guests joining the crew for the 300th episode. This is a big one for us. We're very excited. What a what a huge, huge accomplishment, Raymond. Here we are, episode 300. This will be our 300 episode anniversary vi- video. It'll be dropping this Monday. And we got an awesome guest and so concludes another edition of the Gold Cast. We are the voice of the Bay. I'm your host, Rudy Salisa Third, and with me is my brother, my co-host. Raymond Salisa First, baby. Boom! We'll see you next time. Same Gold Cast time, same Gold Cast channel. This is, this is the Gold Cast.